Welcome to The Pondering Primates, a podcast brought to you by the University of Edinburgh Humanist Society. I'm Adam Frisk, I'm the president of the society. Hello, I'm Sam. I'm uh, the treasurer of the society. <laughs> yeah. It's good, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> today, you've done an excellent job this year. Uh, today, we're joined by Milan Marcus. Uh, what, what is your full degree, Milan? Uh, you're a second I, year. I'm a second year. I study economics and politics. Economics and politics, and you're also the president of the Jewish Society at the university. Yes. Exactly. Well, welcome on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. How's how's life? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, life life is like my glass of water right here. Um, half full, not half empty. Well, let's make it a bit more full then. There we go. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so you, Milan, just uh, wrote. Uh, how long ago was it? A couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it was... It was for Remembrance Day, right? Yeah, or, well, you no, know, it was a bit later than that, so it was about a month ago now. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the uh, problem of anti-Semitism, not only in Britain, but it had kind of a focus on, on the British uh, problem. And uh, we'll probably get to that. It was a very well-written and uh, intellectually rigorous article, I thought. Uh, but I thought we would just start with you and like your personal experiences with Judaism. So why don't you just... Uh, give us a background story. How did you end up in, in Edinburgh? Um, ooh, now the question is how far back do I start? So I was born. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we can skip ahead maybe. Like, we can skip know, that part. 18 years. One part is quite important. So I was raised bilingually by my parents. Um, mm-hmm. And I went to an international school. And I did in, the IB in. In, in Berlin. So yeah, I was born and raised bilingually in Berlin. And I went to a, a state international school there and did the IB there. Um, and for me, it was quite clear that I wanted to study in an English speaking country. And because of the monstrous university fees in the US, it was quite clear that I was going to study in the United Kingdom. Um, and at some point it occurred to me that actually in Scotland, there were no university fees at all. So Scotland became quite attractive as an option. Um, in the summer between my two final years of school, we, we, my dad, my brother and I, did kind of like a little road trip through the UK looking at universities that I was interested in. I'd already kind of set my sights on Edinburgh. Um, but then I came here, it was in August, so during the Fringe Festival, the city was packed, it was great. Um, I actually, the first time I saw some of the um, university venues I go to every day now, um, I saw actually as Fringe as fringe venues, so there were shows going on, um, which is quite funny in retrospect. Um, yeah, and so I ended up in Edinburgh. Well, I applied to Edinburgh and wanted to go to Edinburgh because it's a fantastic city, or it seemed like a fantastic city, and the university is obviously very very well um, accredited. It's a, it's a very high-ranking university. It has a good reputation. And so I applied here, and <laughs> kind of the kind of cynical answer would be, because Oxford rejected me, <laughs> I ended up here. Mm. Um, well, that's but I'm very right? glad about that. I'm very, very glad about that, actually. Yeah. Um, do, do you think Edinburgh lives up to its reputation as one of the most beautiful cities in, in Europe? Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the university. Yeah, I was, I was, I was scared you were going to ask No, 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 let's, let's, uh, let's, 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 let's not go there. Let's, let's okay, just stick to the architecture. <laughs> no, yeah, let's, let's not get too controversial. <laughs> this is as controversial as we get buildings. Right. <laughs> like, are okay, they pretty? Nice. You're getting, yeah. you're getting, uh, yeah, you're, you're giving me the simpler question chapter. Yeah. Um, well, beauty is subjective, right? But like, I think it's a wonderful city. It's, it is a pretty city in its own kind of sense. Um, mm. Friends who come to visit also think it's fascinating. Yeah. So I would say so, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What do you, what do you think, Sam? We've talked about we've this before. We've spoken about this before, haven't we? Yeah. And I think we came to the conclusion that the peaks of beauty in Edinburgh are quite high, yeah. but the uh, the troughs are quite low. <laughs> 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 the troughs are yeah. quite low as well, yeah. depending on uh, where you might happen to frequent. So, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do have to say. I do have to qualify on my statement by saying that. 95% of the time, I'm in, I'm, I commute in a radius that um, is like around a kilometer around the university. Yeah. yeah. That probably is the, where most of the peaks are to be found. Yeah. yeah. Not on campus, though. No, not no, on campus. That's a pretty hideous. It's all town and yeah. some parts of Newtown. Yeah. Town, yeah. You know? yeah. Right. Uh, how, um, how come you were raised um, with two languages? <laughs> It's a good question, um, because my dad felt like it. Oh, yeah. And I assume <laughs> um, it's German and English. Yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah. both my parents are German, but um, my dad decided that he was only going to speak English to his son, mm. so to his sons, actually. Um, and Only yeah. English? Only English. My dad really? only spoke English, my mom only spoke German. And that, but that's not his um, first language or anything? It's not his first language. Oh, so right. Huh. I've been told by others that when he started off, um, yeah. his English was actually not too good um, yeah. but he improved i mean i only remember him as a as a fluent english speaker he was probably better um, than you like when you were starting out yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. um and then i also went to an american kindergarten so okay yeah uh, yeah so apart from just kind of the obvious benefits uh do, do you think that has shaped your uh, your values uh, your outlook on on, on the world uh, are you a very like patriotic person, or do you, are no, you more no. of a global global citizen? I am definitely a global citizen, okay. or a citizen of nowhere, as um, the prime minister here would would call me. Oh, right. um, <laughs> no, definitely. Um, I think it's the bilingual education is only one um factor and a set of factors. I mean, it, it has a lot to do with the environment I grew up in. In that international school, having a lot of friends from different cultures, having the opportunity to travel quite a bit, um, see different places, um. But yeah, I definitely see myself as as yeah, a citizen of the world, you could say that. Yeah. But still, I, I remember going to, I think it was the Jewish Society's first event last year. You had a bagel lunch. Was that this semester or last semester? Uh, you, you were in the chaplain scene. You, we were always in the chaplain scene. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> no, it was this semester. Was, I mean, this semester. Oh, with yeah, the, you had a, the speaker? Yeah, a rabbi came. came oh, the came rabbi over. came. No, the rabbi, that wasn't this semester then. That was it doesn't matter when it was, I suppose. Okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you also talked a bit about uh, uh, what Judaism means for you. And, uh, oh, interfaith, bagel lunch, yeah. I remember. Yes, that was last semester. Right, yeah. was oh. Midway through the last semester. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm yeah. glad we yeah. got through that. Okay, right. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, and what, what, uh, what actually struck me about you, we, we've known each other for, what, like one and a half years now or something, and uh, I, I didn't realize how... Uh, in, 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 that you were in such a deep connection to your Jewish heritage. And I guess that might also be what's uh, a bit unique about the Jewish people, that it's not confined to you know, a nation. Well, you have Israel, obviously, but it's not confined to a nation the way most nationalities are, right? So even, even if you're a self-professed you know, citizen of the world, uh, you still seem to have a very deep connection to, to being a Jew as well. Would you say that that's, that's right? Yeah, that's quite accurate. Um, it is a strong part of my identity. Um... Yeah, it's quite interesting what you say about Judaism not only being a nation, mm. um, because or the Jewish people not only being a nation, because often I often find myself explaining it the other way around, that Judaism is not only a religion, that, um, oh, right, that yeah. the Jewish people mm. are also kind of a nation. Mm. Um, so I, I, I like that perspective, actually. It's, it's a different kind of perspective. Um, but it is, yeah, it's part of my identity. It's part of... The traditions I grew up with, that's my, the history of my family, right? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, we'll, we'll get into like the, the issues of anti-Semitism that you uh, wrote about in your article, but just um, on, on, on a personal, like emotional level, uh, you know, the Holocaust isn't that far away in history. Uh, we're also looking at the, in the big perspectives kind of recently. So uh, how do you say that that affected you growing up just like two, three generations after those who actually suffered through it? Are, are the stories prevalent in, in, uh, in the way you br- were brought up? Definitely. So I'm basically two generations. So my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. Both mm-hmm. of them were born and raised in Berlin, but um, fled Germany in 1938 and 1939. Two. To <laughs> my grandma came to England. Mm. Um, my grandpa went to France and later to Switzerland. Mm. Um, and as far as I know, they didn't talk too much about their experiences up until relatively late in their life but because i was born um mm. at that point for me that was always very um, oh, right, right. present especially my grandmother my grandfather passed away when i was five so i don't have any memory of him speaking about his experiences but i remember um hearing my grandmother obviously in private settings but also in more public settings speak about um what it was like basically growing up in germany of the 20s and then of the 30s and so on and so forth um moreover my mother's also quite involved in what you call like second generation things, which are, mm-hmm. well, basically children of Holocaust survivors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was quite present. Um, last year, I should, oh yeah, I should have probably said this. So my grandparents both survived the Holocaust, but my great grandparents from on my mother's side were killed in Auschwitz mm. uh, on my grandmother's side. So my grandmother's parents were killed in Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if you know we in Germany we have these things called Stolpersteine, which are no, translated to stepping stones. They're basically small um, golden plaques which you put into the pavement, but at a, a slightly elevated level because you're, um, you're you're supposed to basically realize that you're stepping on them mm. um, because you're not supposed to step on them actually, um, which are placed in front of houses where Jews who were victims of the Holocaust lived, and then you have basically their name. Oh. and the date of their birth and the probable date of their death. Mm. Um, mm. And so when I was a kid, um, one of these plaques was um, put down in front of the former um, house of my great-grandparents. So that was also then quite present for me. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah I, I knew I connected to that. And then last year, actually, I went on an educational trip um, to Auschwitz. Um, I don't know where I was going to get with this. Um, oh, yeah, but it was also kind of a, a memorial ceremony. So there's there's the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which was now in um, in January. Mm. And then, um, especially in Israel, but also more generally in the Jewish world, um, there's an, another day celebrated, which is, which is according to the Jewish calendar, which is usually in May um, or the end of April. So last year in April, um, I was on this trip organized for basically this um holocaust memorial day um and we went to auschwitz and we had the memorial ceremony and so i well for me it was a memorial ceremony for my great-grandparents basically yeah yeah um yeah it, it was present in our family the or as long as i've grown up the the but as as a personal connection basically yeah um so yeah for me it was always very personal i think that made it different holocaust education in germany is obviously quite widespread because mm-hmm. of the entire um feeling that or i mean 
correctly so that they were slightly involved. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but also um, rightly so taking responsibility or accepting responsibility. No. Um, but I think for me personally, um, that was different than most of my classmates because most of my classmates get these stories kind of from a from an impersonal perspective. Mm -hmm. For me, it was very personal because I had family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what they say, right? About the you know the survivors, the few of them who are left now, sadly, who go around schools lecturing. That, you know, in a few, I don't know, but probably, you know, the next 10 years or so, they will all be uh, dead, probably. And then we will have no one there to share the, the first person experiences. I, I remember going to Auschwitz, what was that, like three years ago, uh, on just a, you know, tourist trip. Mm -hmm. And standing in this lane of, of barracks. And what struck me was that, like, how, how, how beautiful it was, in a sense. Mm -hmm. It really looked like these, you know, like a picturesque cabins standing next to each other. And you expected... You know, families on vacation to step out of them and it was all very peaceful it was in the middle of the winter so there was snow everywhere and uh, you really had to um, you know actively remind yourself mm. of the, the horrors that took place there um, one thing I remember you saying d during this bagel lunch uh, uh, a saying uh, among Jews that like uh, something like they try to kill us they per can you yeah you know what I'm talking about can you <laughs> Um, yeah, they tried to kill us, um, or we were persecuted. We survived. Let's eat. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a very, that's a very yeah. kind of a very matter of fact yeah. kind of way of so putting that, it. That's a know, very pretty, simple, tongue-in-cheek yeah. um, explanation for most Jewish holidays, not not for the Holocaust, because the Holocaust. Yeah, like, okay, we have yeah. a Remembrance Day for that, yeah. but mm. not really a holiday for that. But for most like traditional Jewish holidays, that's the um, kind yeah. of tongue-in-cheek summary. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's what I find so, so so fascinating reading. You know, the, you know, you can go, go back to the biblical stories, and even then was this this uh, element of, you know, exclusion and uh, forced exile present, and and it's uh, it's like you know those elements have uh, actually forged uh, the Jewish identity by now. Is is that something that is stressed that uh, um, like wherever you go. Uh, like Judaism will always be with you because that's what Jews always have. They've always had to leave and uh, like uproot themselves, but uh, their faith will like stick with them. Um, so I've definitely heard these kind of sentiments also among Jews. Obviously, mm. like oh, Jews always have to live with their suitcases <coughs> packed mm. um, to be ready to leave. I personally haven't felt like that. I think my family, as much as it is German and as much as it is Jewish, is also German. Right. Um, right. So I mean testament to that is really that or is really that my grandparents a few years so yeah so as i said my my grandparents went to switzerland and england and then my grandfather went back to france and eventually my grandmother went to france and they married but then after a couple of years in the in the 50s basically they moved back to germany mm. um because they were still german that mm. like they were i mean I unfortunately can't really ask them anymore why they chose to do that, but oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, and and then although part of my family doesn't live in Germany anymore, a large part still does, and it's not like and they live there. I mean, we live in Germany. I, I can't really say that because I don't live in Germany at the moment, yeah. but um, because we are still Germans, right? Yeah. Um, but something else you said about wherever you go in the world and um, kind of there's there's this connection to Judaism is always with you. So, I mean, I have been um, abroad sometimes for Jewish holidays. 
and not always, but sometimes I'd gone to a synagogue then, and that was a very interesting experience because the people were very welcoming. They were like, oh, wow, you're from Germany. That's so cool. Right. See, you're great yeah. um, that you've come now. Um, do you want to come for dinner? Those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, I would definitely... So, like eating uh, yeah, itself is it's a very big part of, uh, food of the is culture. Food a huge yeah. thing of Jewish yeah. culture. I mean, yeah. I... A Jewish event without food really is not a Jewish event right, worth yeah. talking about. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was a bit harsh, but... <laughs> yeah, it's probably true, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's a huge, huge mm, part. No. Um, especially for the kind of, you know, people like me, for whom Judaism is part of their tradition, their culture, their identity, mm. and not so much on a religious level. Yeah, right. So what kind of uh, what kind of things have you done in the, in the Jewish society this year? Uh, um, so we have our weekly bagel lunches, um, where... We have a chaplain coming, uh, the Jewish um, student chaplain, basically, who's based in Glasgow coming. Um, that was a bit complicated because um, the, the former chaplain left um, at the end of last semester, but now we do, since basically this week, we have a new chaplain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then sometimes that chaplain will call the discussion, say some words. Sometimes we have guest speakers coming. Um, then we have events for the Jewish holidays. Um, depending on what kind of holiday, usually also food-based, um, <laughs> honestly, or, or there's a party or something, um, candle lighting for Hanukkah, if no. that rings a bell. You had a, a ball recently, didn't you? We had a ball, yeah. very, very true, very well. Look, Let me get to look that like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> we also have sometimes Friday night dinners, because that's mm. kind of, um, mm. I mean, Friday night is the beginning of Shabbat, which is yeah. the rest day, basically. And I guess a lot of yeah, st- students here don't, don't live with their parents, so they don't exactly. get that naturally. Exactly. Then, yeah. exactly. Um, but yes, then we had a ball. Um, but this is not really a Jew- This is very much an Edinburgh Jewish society thing. So mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we had a JSOC Burns Ball. And the Burns Ball is obviously something Scottish. Um, <laughs> oh, right. um, in memory of Robert. Somebody said I can't say in memory of, but I forgot what they said. Anyway, mm-hmm. in memory of Robert Burns, let's just mm-hmm. put it like that. Um, and, but the JSOC then then kind of gives it a Jewish touch. So like we'll have kosher haggis. Right. Um, <laughs> and and there was obviously a Kaylee, but after the Kaylee there was um a disco with Jewish and Israeli music. Mm. Um so kind of fusing the two cultures, which is which is quite interesting. And right, yeah, yeah. that was a huge success. We had eighty people coming from all over Scotland and the UK actually. Really? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that was good. No, great. Congrats on that, on that, on that success. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had turnout like that. <laughs> yeah. We had our burn supper here in this yeah. flat, <laughs> <laughs> it, it can't fill it. it can't take eighty people. That's <laughs> but what kind of um, uh, I mean, also you don't you don't have to go into like personal detail, details of your members, but uh, what kind of uh, people have shown up to your events this year? Uh, um, an interesting mix. So Edinburgh isn't a Juni. Junior. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is? Where's the nearest Junior? Actually, exactly when I first heard this, I don't know where this is from. But oh, among uh, UK Jews, that uh, is a thing. Uh, um, so there are a couple Junies. of Junies being Leeds, Birmingham, Leeds. Um, Nottingham, and one or two others. I can't remember right now. Mm. Um, basically, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so basically, those are kind of the the campuses which have very large Jewish populations. So mm. if you're really looking for, for Jewish life um, during your studies, and especially um, regarding more religious aspects, then those are usually the universities you go to. Or, yeah. And Edinburgh definitely isn't, because mm-hmm. Edinburgh, 
with or without students does not have a large Jewish population, difficult to get kosher food here. So yeah, I was looking for kosher wine all over Edinburgh a couple of months so ago. So there is couldn't find it. There, there is a Sainsbury at Cameron Tall, which has a I went there. Uh, they, they didn't have it. Uh, okay, they usually should. Yeah. You can also order it. Um, right. I mean, I don't need it. Who are you searching for? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. I think I was actually heading... No, it was for uh, the, the Secret Santa. Oh, you were going to get uh, me a kosher wine? <laughs> among, among other things. I'm it's very a... glad. I'm <laughs> joking. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that seems to be usually awesome. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so we don't get that many religious people. The, mm. the more religious people we do get, and they're very few, are usually exchange students. So they come okay. from the US or Australia. Mm. Um, we obviously get a lot of, actually, we get a lot of, like, actually quite large turnover by exchange students coming for one semester from the U.S. Mm. And, I mean, I guess the uni has that in general. A lot of, you know, a lot of semester exchange yeah. students from the U.S. And then a decent number of them are Jewish. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, also some Australian exchange students, interestingly. And then we have um, people like me who come from all over Europe. And, actually, this year, quite a few people from the U.K., especially from London. Mm. Um and I would say most of them are rather traditionally and culturally Jewish and not religiously Jewish. But that can still mm. mean different things. That can still mean mm. that um, they do certain things that, for me, already kind of count as religious observance, or at least at home they used to do that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. Um, so we do get a good mix of different kinds of people with different kind of connections to Judaism, different experiences. Yeah. Do you know uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs? Of course. Yeah. Uh, Lord. Sure, <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, not not the Lord, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, no, oh, not Lord. the Lord, but yeah, Lord. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the 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 journalist Douglas Murray uh, went to, uh, yeah, I think visit the synagogue. He he was. Uh, he's not a chief rabbi anymore, is he? He uh, isn't anymore. He moved to Israel, and I think now he rather goes to the U.S. than to the to the U.K. for some reason. Right. Yeah. For reasons we might try to get into. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Douglas Murray went went to his synagogue and, and spoke to a lot of the congregants and. Then he said, you know, like Rabbi Sachs have spoken to quite a few of the members of this congregation, and they, a lot of them seem to be um, atheist. Uh, and Rabbi Sachs was like, oh, yes, uh, most of them, I would think. You know, <laughs> that didn't seem to bother him at all. Like, what's your take on, uh, does Judaism allow for that in a, in a way that other religions don't? Uh, that, that you don't actually proclaim to, to believe in a supernatural God. Does Judaism allow for that? It always depends on who you ask. I mean, obviously, right, yeah. the religion in itself is based on belief in yep. God, right? So, no, it doesn't allow for that. Mm. But in practical terms, do Jewish communities allow for it? Yes, definitely. Mm. Um, because, again, a lot of Jews, um, for a lot of Jews, Judaism is a strong part of their, their identity, and they will even go to religious services yeah. um, because that's what they grew up with, because they enjoy it, because they want to socialize there for whatever reason, because there's good food afterwards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but they don't believe in God. And um, actually, that's very nice that Rabbi Sachs is so aware of that. Mm. Um, I, I do assume most rabbis are quite aware of that. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and I imagine that their, their like standing or their status as a rabbi isn't necessarily diminished by that they will still be there to offer spiritual support moral support definitely yeah, yeah. definitely yeah what's, what's your if you're comfortable going into it like do you do you believe or are you a believer do i believe in god um don't give me a jordan peterson <laughs> answer to this from... what it's complicated <laughs> yeah i guess yeah. um um i would I, I would say no 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 i wouldn't like i'm not 100 percent confident right. um like i wouldn't completely 
exclude the possibility and I definitely don't think anybody who believes in God is crazy um, because I see why people would believe in it in them, him, it, whoever, or yeah. in God. Um, mm. But personally, no. Yeah. But did you... Um, have you ever though? Yeah, I think so. As a, as a kid, um, mm. there's this funny story that somebody once told me and I'm... I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is this is biased now, but mm. I feel like I do kind of remember it. Um, when I was five or six or so, my mom picked me up from school and... Um, I then asked her, "Mom, how many are we, how many people are we in this car, or how many people are in this car?" And she's like, two, obviously, you and me." I was like, "No, three, because God is always everywhere." No, you don't. Daddy. So yeah, it must have been hell to have you as a son, <laughs> if that's what you were like. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. As you remember it, anyway. As yeah. I remember it, anyway. So I'm assuming back then I believed in yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember if that was something you just kind of, like, that just naturally passed? Or did, did you have kind of a, a moment where you took time to reflect and then landed in the conclusion that he probably doesn't? I think exist? it was more of a natural progress. Because I think even, I mean, obviously I was a child, first of all, right? But even then... Like, as soon as I started kind of thinking about it, I, I think I was never 100% certain that God exists, just like I'm now not yeah. 100% certain that God doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just a continuation from one side of the spectrum to the other. Right, right. Yeah. Do you read scripture regularly? Not regularly, not at all. No. Mm. Okay. I mean, when, when and if <laughs> I go to synagogue on a Saturday morning, we obviously read the Torah, which is the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, I do not do it regularly. Right, yeah. Um, well, did you have any <laughs> question <laughs> no, in, uh, yeah, to the personal side of things? No, no well, uh, let's, uh, yeah, you wrote a very nice uh, article for, what publication was it? Remember? For the students. The students, student. yeah. About uh, anti-Semitism. I think the title was, we, we must not allow for anti-Semitism to exist in this country. Yeah, something like that. I don't know yeah. the title. Right. Probably should have uh, <laughs> told you that we were going to talk about this, so you could have yeah. read it. But uh, yeah, I mean, well, you've read half. That's okay. Yeah, and and you, I think, well, rightly, obviously, pointed out that anti-Semitism isn't a particularly or typically or uniquely British problem, no, no, let's no. say. But but um, but you know, revelations of the, about the Labour Party and some pretty horrible statistics you cited. Like, I think one in twenty, which might sound not. Uh, not too big of a deal, but still one in 20 do not, or like question the, the, the actual event of the, of the Holocaust. Uh, that's like 2 million, I think. Uh, one in 20 adults, I think. Exactly. Um, so, so, so that's worrying, obviously. So, so what, what is your, what is, has your experience with anti-Semitism? Not necessarily personal, but just like anecdotal during your time in the, in the UK. Um, actually, I must say, and I, uh, I'll say I hadn't experienced any anti-Semitism at all, and which, which I was very positively surprised about, obviously because um, on some, you hear a lot about some campuses um, where anti-Semitism is kind of a bigger problem. In Exeter, they had an incident just a few weeks ago. I think it was Exeter. I, I really hope I have my facts straight here. But mm -hmm. basically, there was a motion to, 
I don't think it was to ban the Jewish society, but it was definitely to like infringe the Jewish society in a special way. Then it was right. Yeah, I think it was something. It was it was horrible, really. So there there are campuses and some of the London campuses as well where where it is definitely more difficult than here. Um, Was it like organized forces trying to bring the society down? Yeah, I think the student union. I mean, not the student union as an institution, but like Mm. the members of the the societies in the student council. council, Yeah, the student council. Sorry, exactly. Mm. Um, Do do you know at all what on what grounds? I read up on it. I forgot about it. Um, Probably, I would assume it had to. It was linked to Israel and to the Mm. BDS movement. Right. Yeah. Um, Sam is on it. Yeah, whole bunch. Actually, <laughs> actually, actually, it'd be good to know about that game, so to talk about that game, because it was more extreme than other cases, because mm. BDS motions get passed sometimes, um, BDS got po- pa- um, passed now in Aberdeen, actually, just a week ago, um, as in the student council passed, should I, should I explain what BDS is? Yeah, please do. Okay, um, so BDS is short for Boycott Divestment Sanction, mm. Sanctions, which is the, um, an organization which promotes the boycott of Israeli goods and the divestment from Israel and mm. sanctions against Israel. And in their slightly more extreme form, they don't only talk about goods, but also about really academics, yeah. um, which is, in my opinion, hugely problematic, right? Yeah. You can I mean, maybe it's, it's, make some arguments yeah. towards, you know, putting economic pressure onto a country. But as soon as you're like, no, we won't have certain academics speak anymore, then you're definitely printing yeah. freedom of speech. Mm. Um, I'm not an expert here, but even though that might not be the explicit goal of the movement, it's it's still rival with anti-Semitism, is, isn't it? Uh, oh yes, definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a huge that's yeah. a huge problem within BDS. That's why I'm mentioning yeah. it right now. Because yeah, right, yeah. Obviously, then often strong links come up with BDS because on a campus, if you ban these kind of things, um, if if a BDS motion passes and you're saying, well, the student union is not allowed to buy anything from Israel, mm. who suffers most? Yeah. The Jewish societies who need kosher food, yeah. which yeah. often is imported from Israel. Yeah. Um, but, and that's not to say, I don't think everybody who's part of BDS is an anti-Semite, um, right. but definitely there are problems. Um, if you're an anti-Semite, you probably are part of... Or, uh, uh, not necessarily. No? Not necessarily. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think so. Um, not necessarily. Right. Um, but anyway, so, until recently I was extremely happy in Edinburgh. Um, now, I think, what was it, two weeks ago, we had an incident um, in the Crystal McMillan building, actually, in the School mm-hmm. of Politics. Um, where graffiti was found in one of the bathroom, um, saying something like the Jews control us. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had it on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was quite shocked by that, but I must say the response by the university was um impressive and incredible. Um, by the university, by USA, by everybody involved. Um, it was made very public very quickly. The university removed it mm-hmm. immediately. I think. Um, by the time I had heard about this incident, uh, one of the USA vice presidents already had a long statement condemning it um no. so i think the general um the general feeling here is that um things like that are obviously um extremely condemned um on campus here yeah so i think personally yeah personally in the uk i haven't personally i definitely haven't experienced anti-semitism mm-hmm. and obviously there are people who do um yeah, I, I found the, um, it was the University yeah. of Essex. Oh, Essex. Actually, yeah. Essex. So it was, um, more than 200 students have voted against forming a new Jewish society, racing uh-huh. So it was forming a new one. So that is, yeah. that is really problematic, right? Because yeah. forming a new society, if you form a new yeah. Jewish society, then you can't even say, oh no, this is, this is all about anti-Israel, yeah. not about anti-Semitism. Well, like, yeah. So 
<clears throat> uh, some students said they're against society proposals to explore Zionism and <laughs> celebrate Israeli National Day. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Just what we feared it was. It six, was. Like six and, and what's the state of affairs there now? Is uh, there a Jewish society? The, well, there's another article here that says <laughs> Jewish society will, will be right. created, mm -hmm. says University of Essex chief. So uh, I think just from just looking at the search results, I think there was a big public outcry. No. And I think they're going yes. to create it anyway. Yes, yeah, that so. is what I can imagine. Um, I, I remember there was even an academic um, in favor of not allowing that the, the society to be formed, which is mm -hmm. quite shocking in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do think usually the outcry is quite large. And in Britain, we have the Union of Jewish Students who obviously in those cases come in um, to campaign against those kind of things and mm -hmm. speak to the university um, yeah. higher up. Hmm. It, se it seems to me that, um, and uh, just a disclaimer, like this is obviously a very contentious topic and I, and I know way too little to... Are like, you going to talk about Israel? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 no, no, not really. I, I was just going to say that, uh, like around Remembrance Day and everything, it, it, okay. it sometimes seems to me that even like well-intentioned people uh, who, you know, will go under the never, never again hashtag and stuff like that, mm. they will kind of trivially make anti-semitism uh, come across as like just another form of, of racism or prejudice like as if it's um just like the, it's the same kind of prejudice like the you know white racists have towards black people for instance mm -hmm. and, and i'm not saying that one is worse than the other like i'm not uh, making that kind of distinction but it does seem like anti-semitism is not only prejudice it's a conspiracy theory yeah. mm -hmm. right like it's not just hating another people it, it is like a positive belief that they're controlling things and that they're the reason your life is miserable regardless of whether it's you know your girlfriend just broke up with you or you flunked your exam or uh, edinburgh isn't as beautiful as you expected to be you know who, who's to blame the jews like that's anti-semitism right yes uh, definitely yeah 100 um yeah you get that yeah over and over again you get politicians even um retweeting things which either directly say that or implicitly and point towards that and then there's a public outcry and then these politicians are like oh sorry i didn't realize i didn't realize that uh, yeah. jeremy corbyn had an incident like this so, right yeah right um but what do you but i i'm just guess, guessing here but but i would think that if like if most people were asked uh, what is anti-semitism I don't, I don't think the uh, conspiracy theory element would be like at the top of their head uh, do, do you think we are uh, like educated enough on what anti-semitism has um, you know, the evils that it has brought about in the past? Do, do, do we fully understand what kind of threat it, it poses? That's a good question. Um, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, can't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if people are educated. I mean, obviously, I want to say no because anti-Semitism still persists. So right, yeah, if yeah. it does still persist, then we're not educated enough. Um, but concerning the conspiracy theory part, yeah, I, I think you're probably right that we don't usually think of that immediately when we talk about anti-Semitism, mm. although it is, or, and especially traditionally, it has been a major element, right? The, the Jews control the world, the Jewish world cons conspiracy, um, yeah. the Jews control the banks especially is very popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very, um... I mean, it's, it's unique in a lot of ways, uh, whereas most prejudices or forms of racism often are predicated on the others being inferior 
uh, anti-Semitism is not, you know, about Jews being superior. Like they're right, smarter yeah. than us and they're richer than us and they know how to handle money and, and all, all of that stuff. Like yeah, although an anti-Semite would never no, not use the word superior, obviously. Superior. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, they'd rather say, oh, they're using foul tactics. Right. To, yeah. To get to that yeah. yeah. And yeah. They control us and whatever. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, uh, I don't know how like involved in political discussions you are, but do, do you think it's hard to? Uh, strike a, like a nice balance when it comes to like just purely political discussions about Israel, for instance. Whereas you know you have people on the right who will accuse anyone critical of Israel of being like an anti-Semite, and people on the left who are like, well, who are anti-Semites. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, and uh, and this all seems to like be uh, yeah conflated with 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 a very political issue or like Israeli policy or whatnot. Like, uh, what's your experience been been there? I think it's very complicated. I think it's a very fine line and I'm mm. very wary of um, being very sensitive to this because, I mean, I criticize Israel and I do accept that you can legitimately criticize Israel without being anti-Semitic, mm. right? There's no question about that. So I don't like when um, everybody who criticizes Israel is immediately called an anti-Semite. Mm. Um, at the same time, you're absolutely right with saying that a lot of people on the left who criticize Israel a lot can be seen as anti-Semites, and it doesn't only ha it doesn't have to be explicit anti-Semitic criticism. Yeah. I often ask myself the question: Why do a lot of left-wing parties, especially in Europe, focus on Israel so much? Like, why do they always yeah. condemn Israel, 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 but not Russia, yeah. Saudi Arabia, and loads of other places? Yeah. Um, why this obsession with the only democracy in the Middle East? Right. Yes, and also the only Jewish state in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. I mean, this is especially something relating to the Labour Party, right? Which mm. um, had huge difficulties accepting the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance's definition of anti-Semitism because they wanted to make crystal clear that they are allowed to criticize Israel in all and any ways um, without being anti-Semitic. Mm. Um, and obviously, as I said, they can criticize Israel mm. and not be anti-Semitic. That's not a problem. But there are moments, um, and actually not too uncommon moments, right? I mean, it's very easy to draw a parallel between supporting Hamas and being anti-Semitic because Hamas in its founding charter <laughs> had very right. strongly anti-Semitic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. sure. um, articles. Yeah. Um, so when Jeremy Corbyn calls Hamas his friends, it's a bit problematic. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to like get into the whole uh, discussion about the left's relation to, to anti-Semitism, but, but that was the case in the, the Swedish labor movement as well. I mean... I think even the guy who is currently our prime minister, don't pin me down on, on, on that it was him precisely. But yeah, referring to Hamas as like a sister party, I think. And like, how, how, do, how do we get there when yeah. not even explicit terrorism is like a, a reason to, yeah. to <laughs> cut, the, cut the bonds, you know? Uh, how, how present are these kind of conversations in the, in the Jewish society? Do you try to stay off politics? Or? Um, yes, yeah, so I personally, um, so my personal kind of thing has been to try to remain as apolitical as possible on Israel. It was easier last year because there was an Israel Engagement Society. This year that society ceased to exist. Um, now recently, unfortunately, a few actually mainly members of the Jewish Society um, founded a new society called the Palestinian Israeli Dialogue Society. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, have you had any like events? Yeah, they, they're starting to have events now. Mm. Um, because I think as a Jewish society, we should essentially be apolitical because yeah. we should accept a plethora of views that do exist among Jewish students. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, as long as there was no society dealing with Israel, uh, it's important to recognize that a lot of Jewish students do 
the need to discuss it, yeah. Yeah. Um, in whatever way that is. Yeah. Um, so yes, we do. We we have run events which, which had to do had something to do with Israelis or in which Israel was the major topic, and among members in casual discussions, Israel comes up as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but obviously among many other things. Yeah. Uh, hmm. have you been to Israel? Yes, several times. Yeah. Um, actually many times. Probably the country I've visited most. Can mm-hmm. I say that? Probably. Yeah. Um, including a five month stay during my gap year. Really? Oh. Yeah. What does one do for five months in, in Israel? <laughs> I did an, an Ulpan, um, which is a language course on a kibbutz, which is um, uh, which is kind of an agricultural commune built on the socialist model. Yeah. So these were very traditional kind of agricultural communes built up um, when, when the first, second, third, and whatever waves of Jews came to Palestine. Um, I mean... This was the only form, but there was especially like kind of the socialist idea of coming um, and building the communities, like bu- uh, growing, growing stuff on your own land and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and so there are a lot of kibbutzim, kibbutzim is the plural of kibbutz, um, in Israel, and most of them are not socialist at all anymore because it's a capitalist country. They're more of like agricultural businesses or yeah. villages yeah. next with a large agricultural business or something. Mm. Um, but the kibbutz I went to um, is still in some form socialist. So they... There's a huge plastic factory on that kibbutz, um, which is a multinational corporation which makes loads of money. And the manager of that company um, gets the same salary, adjusted for how many kids you have, but basically the same base salary as the cashier in the mini supermarket. Um, and yeah, so I spent five months there. I did a language course half of the day, and then the other half I volunteered or worked or whatever you want to call it, um, milking cows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a so do you miss him? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I was actually, I actually um, yes. Yeah. I had a cousin who went to Australia and worked okay. on farms there, and he came back describing his one year stay as uh, I was uh, jerking plants off. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's like plants. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was some kind of plant where you were supposed to like rub off the leaves. Oh. So that the, you could then like chop them off or something. Like that. So and yeah, you you didn't have a tool or anything. You, like jerked it off. Oh, right. <laughs> lost it least, yeah. We did have to look actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had like Oh so you were to like No, I wasn't I wasn't an actual like uh, traditional uh, I don't think most mechanisms do that anymore. Yeah, okay. I mean I did sometimes like for fun to try it out, right? But like the actual <laughs> yeah, that's my idea of fun, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um to try it out. So, yeah. so to have some nice and more uh, warm milk in my morning coffee. Right. I start at four AM always, so that was well not always but sometimes that Can was, you drink that milk? Yeah. The one that comes out of the <laughs> people, people used to do that for hundreds of years, right? It's only now that we treat our milk so extremely. Right. Um, no. I mean, I guess you're not supposed to drink it, drink too much of it, but you yeah. can a little bit. Like, it won't kill you. I'm still alive, as yeah. you might have realized, and um, yeah. I had a like, decent amount of fresh yeah. cow milk. Yeah, right. Hmm. Is, is it better than, do you think, to taste better? I don't know. I don't drink that much milk in general, oh, but... Yeah. Is it be- it's nice and warm. That that mm. was that was. I think that was the thing I noticed. Right, right. Yeah. Why is this milk so warm? Yeah. Um, I didn't really. <laughs> I would appreciate. I would appreciate that if I knew that it was warm because I just put it in the microwave. <laughs> but when I know that when I know that it's warm because it just came out of an animal, then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. It probably. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're perfectly right. People did this for hundreds of years yeah, before. Right. I mean, obviously Until the cows, we didn't. I the cows back then obviously also ate different stuff than the cows yeah. now eat. So. Yeah. Yes, but, pick, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's fine. Like, 
I was I didn't just do it, right? The people working there, the people living on the kibbutz and working there for decades basically did it as well. And it's like, mm. okay, this seems like an okay thing. To yeah, do. yeah, right. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, until I actually read a lot of the stories in the Old Testament and that kind of, yeah, I, I found that to be a wonderful experience. Uh, and it also kind of uh, inf inspired me to do some reading on, on, on the Jews and, and their history. So to someone who's just like, uh, doesn't know much about Judaism or, or the Jews, like what, what kind of starting point for their exploration would you recommend? I mean, you have a lot to draw on, like, yeah, the food, music, yeah. culture. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah. Um, it depends on what you're interested in, right? Like, as you rightly said, if you're interested in really, like, the more religious aspects, you should go start probably with the Old Testament. Um, but honestly, if you want to experience... It, it is kind of an experience, right? So I would almost say go to a Jewish event, like go to a Friday night dinner or something like that, mm. um, and just take it in. Um you probably won't have to ask, right? They'll just invite you over. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can literally also just go. Like, mm. you can go to a synagogue, right? And yeah. be like, I just want to kind of experience what a service is like and whatever. And if you're lucky, they have a, have a dinner after that and then they'll invite you to dinner. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, no, I mean, obviously, you can also ask beforehand and mm. that's also, also um, something which is approved, <laughs> which is appreciated, I, mm. I should say. Um, yeah, well, it was also much appreciated yeah. to, to have you on the podcast, yeah. man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming Thank you on. so much for having um, me. Good luck with the rest of your academic year. Thank you. Yeah.